We are uh, an inclusive and diverse organization. People can come to us as they are and they should feel comfortable knowing that this is a safe place. For the Marin Council of Chambers, I'm Stephanie Plant, and this is We Are One Marin. Allegra Home Care is a safe place for everyone, including its LGBT clients and staff. Founder and CEO Charles Symes started Allegra from a small apartment in San Francisco's Castro District by following his personal mission to be of service. His company now serves people in nine offices throughout the Greater Bay Area, and they do it thoughtfully. As a gay man starting his own business, Charles wanted other LGBT mentors. He found groups like the Golden Gate Business Group in San Francisco and the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Since 2014, Allegra Home Care is the only in-home care business that is LGBT certified in all of California. While advertising as an LGBT certified business is a plus for many, it carries the risk of anti-gay backlash too, which Charles candidly explains seems to be on the rise lately. Stay tuned for our conversation with Charles and his colleague Carol Parks as Kalina and I continue our education about how Marin works. This afternoon, we have the pleasure of sitting down with two very important people from Allegra Home Care. Oh, thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. My name is Charles Symes, and I'm the owner of Allegra Home Care. Um, we are a non-medical uh, licensed home care agency providing services since 1993 throughout Northern California. Thank you. And to your left. Yes, I'm Carol Parks, and I'm the Director of Client Services and I oversee everything north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Marin County, Solano County, Napa, and Sonoma, and I've worked for Charles 17 years. That's a great relationship, I can already tell. And uh, to be fair, Carol and I do know each other a little bit. We served on the Sarenfeld Chamber Board together right before they said goodbye to me for overstaying my welcome. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Six years, I think I got eight. Uh, we miss you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Well, I think you're going to be the board chair soon, so congratulations. Yes, Thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. Uh, Charles, back to you. 1993. Yes. Congratulations on that. That's a long time to be in business. Uh, a little bird told me that this business had a unique start, perhaps inside of a very small home. Ah, yes. Well, uh, in 1992, it was a pretty serious recession, and I lost my job when I was working for other people. And I went to my family and friends and, you know, gosh, what should I do next? You know, I, I need a job. And they told me, follow what you love. Do what you love to do. So uh, I pulled together what I had learned in the home health uh, industry prior to that, and I decided to start my own agency. And in 1993, in uh, the Castro district of San Francisco. I had my very first customer, my very first employee, and it grew from one client to two to, well, I don't know, how does it grow? Four, six, eight? And exponentially. Exponentially. <laughs> and so now we're uh, providing services in nine physical uh, office locations in most Northern California. And that, that start in the Castro District in San Francisco was out of a one-bedroom apartment? That was my junior one-bedroom oh. apartment with <laughs> um, the biggest piece of furniture was my desk and a fax machine. Ah, <laughs> which, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just, I just got rid of our fax machine not that long ago. The world is definitely changing. It has changed. Yes. Uh, please tell us a little bit about Allegra's services because I think sometimes we hear in-home care and we assume senior care, yeah. which I believe you do. 
Definitely. So uh, senior care is probably the most um, needed service that, that we engage in. But what we are doing is we're providing personal care services, personal attendant, to uh, the entire continuum of care, meaning that's from birth Hmm. till end of life. And so there are lots of things that can be done with um, the caregiver in the personal care hands-on method that insurance just doesn't cover. Mm -hmm. And so typically, this is the family caregiver that is providing these kinds of services, bathing, dressing, meal preparation, supervision, uh, monitoring for signs and symptoms of change, as well as the more sophisticated things such as transferring and cognitive impairment reorientation. Those kinds of things do require a little more uh, specialty that a family caregiver sometimes says, I think I'm at my limit, I now need more help. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're just so pleased to be able to offer all of these services from, well, actually, even before birth, we uh, certainly have uh, a longstanding relationship with many of the fertility facilities. You have uh, even in-home child care services. We do. We, right? we, we definitely have an in-home child uh, service for well children as well as developmentally disabled children. Mm. Yeah, both. I noticed that you've really thought through what needs can be in the home. Where do you get all that knowledge and compassion, do you think? Well, I think it comes from who I turned out to be when <laughs> I had that argument at 16 years old with my dad. What are you going to be when you grow up? Well, I'm not going to be what you're going to be. You know, <laughs> I'm, whatever you are doing, I'm not going to do that. And uh, I think that followed the path to be of service. And I really felt confident that the service industry um, and being compassionate was what is going to be satisfying for me. So this industry picked me because I was interested, I loved learning, and I really truly wanted to help. You know, I started in 1983. So, so you were in healthcare before you started your own business. That's right. I worked in the basement of a hospital, uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> that sounds glamorous. <laughs> and then in 1983, um, I started with what was the foundation of the first home care hmm. program, that's where I learned um, the difference between home health, which is nursing, physical therapy, occupational, and, and social services, to what is truly needed, which is the chore worker, the home care, the personal care attendant. And so I was able to learn from the very, very beginning before this industry really actually existed. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And you said there was sort of a pivotal moment and a bit of a gift in your work life, which was that it seemed that there was a hole in the industry in Marin County. Well, Marin County was my very first expansion outside of the Castro District in San Francisco. And at that time, there were two major home health players. One was uh, North Bay Nursing at the time. And they gifted me my very first community of uh, clients. Hmm. And that was the seed. And Carol, you've worked uh, with Charles in these buildings for 17 years? I've worked for him 17 years, yes. And uh, I got a job with Pitney Bowes and uh, was selling mailing machines. I did that for two years. And uh, my favorite customer was Mr. Charles Symes. I met with Charles, 
And he said, you know, I've got these seven mailing machines and I've got seven different bills. And Carol, can you please help me get one bill? So I went above my job because I was really just supposed to be selling, not helping organize a client's wow. billing. Um, but, but I did that. We developed a wonderful relationship. And I actually asked Charles about what he did and was more interested in what he did than I what I was doing mm-hmm. and um, was really ready to get back into management and more of a... Um, full-time job and and I approached Charles Hmm. and I asked him if I had a position and he said well I've got this branch manager job in San Rafael and uh, at the time I wasn't quite sure where that was and he said oh it's just over the Golden Gate Bridge it's really easy and so except for that stretch of (laughs) one-on-one but I feel so blessed to have been driving over the Golden Gate Bridge and back for 17 years and um, learned so much from Charles I had the business background and the passion to do something that made a difference which he gave me that opportunity that's beautifully said I wish our our listening audience could see the two of you because Mm -hmm. when one says something the other's eyeballs go sideways (laughs) and then vice versa and it's very sweet to see Uh, relationships though um, not only our work relationships which you two two seem to have built a really solid um, exemplary one uh, I think your business must be really built on relationships too because the caregiver has to build a relationship with the client right oh yes rapport is everything and that's one of the things that started as a directive that the client or the patient has the right to choose their caregiver. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? So I think that a lot of people don't know that. And that's why we work so hard to make sure that it's the right fit. And the reason that, that we take such gentle care with that is that the caregiver is providing the same services that a family caregiver would be doing. Relationship is what that's all about. Mm-hmm. So Carol and her team go to the client's home, develops a rapport with the care recipients so that they know that there's always going to be someone there. You know, It doesn't always go as planned. You know, sometimes the caregiver uh, is not the right fit. And sometimes that customer doesn't really want to speak up and say, oh, well, you know, maybe you should be doing this. But they are happy to speak to Carol about it. So we want to be the glue that the customer knows is going to be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We always answer our phone that they can rely on that. Yes, we are the experts and we don't promise you perfection. We cannot. But what we can promise you is that we'll be responsive. And I think that that goes a long ways. Well, and certainly, I guess, even if someone had a job in my home, let's just say as an example, for four shifts a week, I mean, people get sick, people have their own children who might need them at home, right? I mean, you have to then fill those shifts, right? So that's why the relationship comes back here to the administrative office and, and your team. Exactly. There could be a lot of moving parts. And so we try to manage all of that. That's amazing. And I, I think sometimes people have a real misconceptions about what caregiving is and what people can do and also what it costs. I wonder how you address helping people through the maybe myth or not of, is it too cost prohibitive for me? Well, so here's the issue. In our uh, healthcare system, most of the services that a caregiver would be providing is not covered under Medicare, private insurance, and other forms of third-party reimbursement. Most of it is not. So 
Unfortunately, there's not any other way to purchase paid services unless you go through either an agency or hire them directly yourselves. Um, and the, the benefit for agency is that the licensed agency is the employer. You know, we carry all of the federal, state, social security, all of the liability, and our agency is open 24 hours a day mm -hmm. and responsive 24 hours a day. So that means that if the shift that is scheduled and Johnny has a toothache and <laughs> something kooky happens, sure. um, we, we are going to move heaven and earth to replace that caregiver with a qualified uh, substitute. Mm -hmm. um, and so the costs, um, are driven specifically for the wages that are required in the local economy. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, um, most agencies are pretty transparent about that. We are as well. And then as an employer, we have um, the privilege of providing full medical, dental, uh, and vacation. So they're not constantly looking around to gather more shifts so they can piece their life together. They actually get a two-week paid vacation. Wow. So um, we have glue, so to speak, um, that helps us with continuity of care. So those are, those are the added expenses. And so there's a markup from what we pay the caregiver to what we have to earn to cover those expenses. And then every business must be profitable in order to exist. Sure. Yeah. But those elements of glue are such value adds because um, my grandfather lived to be 94. And in the last few years of his life, we did bring care into the home because he really wanted to stay home. And some of the shifts were covered by people who had to take second shifts with other agencies, right? So I, I'd have somebody who came in in the morning who had been at a shift overnight somewhere else and he or she might fall asleep, right? I mean, it's so sad and, you know, times are hard and that this was pre-COVID. I mean, I can only imagine it's, it's a challenge, I think, and to underpay people who are doing such giving and demanding work is, is, a, is a shame. Yeah, it, it's hard work. And that's our primary focus is the caregiver. What can we do to have to attract and, and retain high quality caregivers? Our priority in, in how we recruit and how we operate our business starts with the caregivers. Mm. You know, we've had a lot of trauma here as a community. Um, the fires um, mm -hmm. and the natural disasters. Sonoma County was evacuated in our lifetime many times with the Russian River um, flooding and that our caregivers are truly the heroes because they have to put their family second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have done it time and time again. I'll tell you right now, you know, uh, I go on vacation. I, I try to go on vacation. We travel in a motorhome, my husband and, and the dog. Uh, <laughs> and a couple of years in a row, we were on vacation and everything was burning here. Wow. You know, and Carol worked 24 hours a day. We opened our, our command center, so to speak, and we were on cell phone. We were on text mm. messaging. We were there providing that service. And I'm proud of it that we've been able to stay in communication and provide the services that people needed because family members couldn't get in either. We right. were already here. Right. Yeah. Imagine that they couldn't get to their relatives and you were already here. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty amazing. I had some staff members that um, taking the phone calls, we were trying to locate some clients with Alzheimer's and dementia who had, you know, 
taken off. And then we also had shelters calling us because they had folks with Alzheimer's and dementia asking for us to help with them while they placed them temporarily in a hotel. So it was a lot more than business as usual. It was pretty remarkable. But yeah, the caregivers really uh, were amazing. Mm. Well, and I think it all, it all comes back to the philosophy from which you begin. I know that it's an inclusive one. I'd like to talk a little bit about, too, you're an LGBT certified business. In fact, the only caregiving business in California with that certification. Did I get that right? You did get that right. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, we are certified as an LGBT-owned business certified by the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. It's a national certification that verifies that the ownership of uh, the business is 51% or more owned by a gay or lesbian trans business owner. There's a scrutinization process that they examine our records, they look through our corporate uh, structure, uh, how many years that we've been in business, and if we're able to satisfy their qualifications, which the certification only lasts for three years, you have to continue to, oh. to be certified, uh, you're issued a certification as a minority-owned uh, LGTB-certified agency. And what drove you to pursue the certification? I needed mentors in my life. And the first place that I joined as a, an LGTB-owned business was the Golden Gate Business Association. It's the, the oldest chamber of commerce specifically promoting its members as LGTB business owners. And I formed relationships, business relationships, with professionals that I still have today. Mm -hmm. And so that's 30 years of having the same insurance broker. Wow. 30 years of having the same uh, CPA, mm -hmm. 30 years of having the same attorney group. These are people that are important in my life that have provided stability to me and my company that keeps me solid. Being part of a community is really important to me. Yes. And I think that it's important to your staff too. One of the first things that we do as we do outreach for onboarding new caregivers and uh, introducing our services is to clearly state that we are uh, an inclusive and diverse organization. People can come to us as they are, and they should feel comfortable knowing that this is a safe place. Now, we're not a government agency. We're not following any particular rules or, or you know, mandates and things. We're just doing this because we know it's the right thing to do. And so building the bridge and being visible, being seen, and being able to say, I hope you're comfortable with our kinds of services has benefited us to the point where we attract fantastic caregivers, mm -hmm. a diverse community of caregivers, as well as making sure that we say the words first for our LGTB seniors. Mm -hmm. Most seniors have been living a life where they were not comfortable being out. Uh, visibility is very important. And so if I can help make the connection more comfortable by starting first, that's what we're going to do. We've mm -hmm. always decided that we're going to build the bridge first. Hmm. That's lovely. And I would imagine if I'm 80 or 90 years old today, so I'm 20, 60 or 70 years ago, and the world wasn't as out then as it is now. Um, one could argue we'd, we'd like the world to be more out even today. But I would imagine that a senior person who sees a caregiver that either understands them or 
is similar to them, it makes a huge difference. It does. You know, and addressing them by their proper pronoun is is really important. You know, our, our trans community has really been uh, specifically hard hit because of the, the lifelong trauma that they could have experienced, as well as, uh, you know, lesbian and gay uh, mm-hmm. folks as well. But, you know, some of the things that, that we embrace is more than just being a nice person. Everybody wants that. That's not unique. What's unique about being an LGTB certified home care agency, home care, is that the vast majority of our folks are seniors. And the vast majority of those seniors have some sort of cognitive impairment, dementia. And when you are LGTB and have dementia, those things are so complicated, confusing, and unpredictable that if you have caregivers that are unprepared, have not been uh, properly uh, oriented Mm -hmm. to the unique needs of that senior, it can be harmful. And I don't want to cause harm. That's that's the last thing in the world I would ever want to do. So we have our own uh, dementia training program um, that we have on a monthly basis. And we've partnered with Uh, the Alzheimer's Association, with Family Caregiver Alliance, and with Open House for the LGTB-specific three-hour training programs specifically for the cultural humility that's required. (laughs) You know, it's always difficult to put yourself in, in the place of someone who has been traumatized their entire life and being confused with some sort of cognitive difficulty and not knowing how to help them. Mm-hmm. This is our calling. Yes, yes. And, you know, it kind of takes us back to the mission of, of the We Are One Marin campaign, which mm. started with the Chambers of Commerce here locally. Uh, we're grateful to them and the Marin Community Foundation and, of course, the Marin IJ for advancing this this campaign, frankly, giving me the opportunity to come into people's places of business and, and have these conversations. Um, in seeking the certification, you've also advertised that certification, which means you're advertising as a minority-owned business. Yes. Was that a hurdle for you? And how has it been received? It was a business decision. Mm -hmm. It was a risk that if I did reveal this aspect, would I lose business? Would I repel people? Would I uh, suffer the consequence? And I did talk to my husband about it a lot and felt that through the mentors at the Golden Gate Business Association, those other businesses that Mm -hmm. went through it before, I'm not the trailblazer, I'm a follower. You know, I followed in their footsteps and it was important for me to at least try. Yes. And it has been surprising this year in particular. Uh, There have been some hostile Hmm. comments that Hmm. came back. Uh, a couple have shaken me, um, and then I went to my mentors, hmm. uh, Michelle Miao, for example. She's in the media, and I went to her, and I said, Kali, this weird thing happened. I'm kind of shaken. I didn't sleep very well. Uh, you're in the media. I'm not. Uh, what do you do? Do you send a response back? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, how do you uh, handle the truly negative comment which was hate. Mm -hmm. There was no way to say it other than that. Um, And she said, grow a thicker skin. Mm. It's going to happen. And unfortunately, it happens more and more frequently. And I don't want to stay silent about that. I do want to speak up. This is, it's, it's, (laughs) 
and it hurt me. Of course. But um, the other folks that I talk to, you know, it's, it is worth it because it's not just me, it's the organization and other people that work along with me. Unfortunately, uh, that will be a risk that someone might consider uh, if they go forward with their certification. And I would want them to. You know, I would help them. I would do whatever I could to make the visibility prominent <laughs> so that it becomes more and more acceptable, that people aren't afraid. So I would hope that people do take the risk. I would hope that they do consider it. And I would hope that they feel proud as proud of being a minority-owned business, as proud as being a woman-owned business. Mm -hmm. You said very humbly that you're not a trailblazer, you're a follower, and, and maybe you're following in some footsteps of other people who have had experiences similar to you, but I see you as a leader. His leadership shows when you talk to anybody in our company, the culture that he's... Um, he's established has been just really amazing and that's you know the quality of my job I get to wake up every morning and say yippee I get to go to work mm -hmm. and it's not just about what I do but it's about who I work for and and all I've learned so much from him I hope you heard that I did but loud and clear <laughs> that's wonderful yeah. first of all I want to thank you for your for your honesty as you you know you said you want to attract people that want to make change and want to see, uh, you know, your mission. I, I've gotten to hear the mission of different minority-owned businesses as we've been introduced or met and listened. Uh, I think Kalina and I can both say that the opportunity to listen um, has been so enriching. And then I, I, I only can hope that if it's one listener at a time, right, if we can enrich someone else or open someone else's ears, then we can make change. Absolutely. Again, thank you for taking time. Mm. I'm honored to be here. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both. And thank you for doing these podcasts. They're just wonderful. For more information on the services available at Allegra Home Care, contact them at AllegraCare.com. That's A-L-E-G-R-E Care.com. And fun fact, courtesy of Charles, Allegra comes from the Spanish word for happy or cheerful. Certainly a good way to describe our guest. If you want to join the conversation or make suggestions, reach us at weareonemarin at gmail.com. The Marin Community Foundation generously sponsors this podcast. Our theme music is performed by a student at Enriching Lives Through Music. Elm is in San Rafael's Canal Neighborhood. Finally, a reminder to support diverse local businesses and shop Marin. <laughs>